Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. And today, Troy, we are uh, not only just the two of us here, but we are going to have a great conversation with a couple of special guests. But first of all, um, how are you? How was Thanksgiving? Uh, it's very good. It was kind of quiet, I think, around your house, right? First no, time no in grandkids. 35 years being with just my wife. Wow. Great. No was... kids, no grandkids. We missed them a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we really just, it was just like so quiet. Very I mean, good. Just, even you walk outside and you couldn't hear anyone. It was good. Very good. Very good. Well, if you had a chance to listen to our last couple um, episodes, we had a conversation kind of about Thanksgiving and about giving and about giving thanks and really living a life from kind of Thanksgiving. And Troy, today you have a couple of voices of hope with us uh, who I think kind of do that very well. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about who we got today? I will. And before I actually go into that even more, um, just reminding uh, the listeners that a voice of hope is simply uh, our challenge to people who are listening to actually be that voice uh, in all walks of their life. And for, for me, that looks different than the, maybe the ones listening. Um, but part of what we're doing here is also trying to highlight ministries and where other people uh, spend their time serving because that is where their voice of hope is that's making a difference in the world. And so Shannon, who's with us here today, I had asked her to come on with their ministry and um, told them, hey, we'll pick a theme out for you. And so she sent me a text at some point and said, you know, how about a voice of hope in, in the community? I said, that's perfect. You've just helped me grab uh, a part of our mission and we're going to be adding to it. And she humbly said, well, I didn't create it. My husband did. <laughs> so. But we'll be using it in the future because we have a lot of people that we want to talk to who have a voice of hope in the yeah. community, right? That's right. And yeah. I'm grateful also to the 90.5 uh, Life Radio uh, just for them letting us come on air and just be a part of what they're doing. Uh, and we told them from the beginning that we're going to keep our eyes open for ministries that are making a difference out there. Um not highlighting just the place in which we serve in the way of an official ministry, but also uh, really challenging people to see that, hey, your voice of hope is just wherever you spend life. It's not that it's got to be the church's job. It's going to be uh, you and God has purposely put you there. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and I would say as being somebody who works for a church, it, it is the church's job, but just not Right, a, a local church's job. It's the body of Christ's That's job. Right. Better said, yeah, well to said. be that. So, I, I, you know, on this topic, and we'll get to our guest here in a second. But I think a lot about uh, Rick Warren back in the day. He wrote a book, uh, "The Purpose Driven Life," and I think he asked the question, like, "What on earth are you here for?" To really get us to start thinking, like, you know, to me, what makes sense that this life has purpose is that it also has an ending. And so at the end of my life, when I look back, it's like, this was so short compared to eternity. And so what was I here for? You know, and I, I want to be able to answer that question on the front side and not, on, not at the end. And I think that's many things until God takes us home. And so uh, today, uh, one of our voices of hope in the community is a Living Hope Ministry. And we'll let Shannon begin to tell us a little bit about it. And Shannon 
has worked with us for how long now? About a year and a half. About a year and a half at Agape Counseling, and she's uh, just really stepped in and just done a, a fantastic job. So <clears throat> sometimes people know that, hey, your wife works with you, but they get they get them a little confused. They're not sure which one's alike. <laughs> so I have to correct people some here and there. <laughs> so we could we could really pull jokes on people. Yeah, <laughs> so Shannon is uh, has been great, and so we're glad that you guys are here this this morning or this afternoon. Yeah. So Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about kind of what you do at Agape first, and then kind of we'll jump into the ministry, and you can introduce. Yeah, absolutely. So at Agape, I am kind of Kim and Troy's support. Um, Kim was doing a lot um, all on her own. And with the growing um, business that Agape is, they really needed a little extra support. And with challenges that they have with Troy's parents, it just was a perfect fit for me to come out of retirement, as I say. I was not, I wasn't retired. I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. And um, then they reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in coming on board. And I was sharing that I did that, and I decided to homeschool, and I decided to jump into the street ministry all within three months. What and were God, you thinking? God has a wonderful <laughs> sense of humor, and I learned to multitask to a level I didn't know I had in me. Um, so we have since retired the homeschooling. That was not a good fit. Yes. For, <laughs> for you or for the kids or both? E- either my Everybody. son or myself. Neither one of us. It was not a good, it was not a good idea. You know, just to show the spectrum of ministry, Shannon and her husband Josh were a part of a small group with us. Actually, here while we were at Port City uh, Community Church for about ten years, and so through the years of Agape, you know, Kim uh, and I would be talking about just the vast job that she would be doing, and we would be asking like, "Who would be good?" And so Shannon came to our mind for several years, and finally, we just acted on it, and you know, we were like, "Oh, what is she going to do? What's she going to say?" And we were delighted that she came this direction. That's awesome. So, Okay, Shannon, tell us a little bit about the ministry that that you're a part of. Well, I'm a part of Living Hope Ministry, and Christine actually was the one that started it. And um, it's just, we just go out and we love on the people in the community that need to be loved. Uh, The homeless, they're not all homeless that we encounter. There are a lot of people that um, that are just in need of friendship, in need of love, in need of Christ's love. Um, obviously food and, you know, there's material needs that they, that they have, but the core of what they need is just to have Christ in their life and to have people show up on a weekly basis and know them and love them and just see them. And, um, yeah, I'm just blessed that Christine had it in her heart and she listened when the Holy Spirit told her to take that step of faith that she took. And I'm just blessed that I was able to come along beside her. Okay, that's great. Christine, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Thanks for being here. Tell us about who you are and really about the ministry and kind of where the ministry came from. And and from your perspective, what does the ministry do? I'm a mom of five, and I'm married to a wonderful husband. Um, I do homeschool my children. And She's good at doing it. it. I was not. If you have five, you have to be exactly. good at it, don't you? <laughs> they range from almost 20 to almost four. So oh, my four. goodness. So a uh, big range, but uh, it's been such a blessing. So I started serving with a ministry called Early Bread several years ago, and um, they served a hot breakfast every Sunday morning, and uh, it was just uh, just an amazing ministry to be part of. And when COVID hit, we had to close our doors, and so that was really tragic to, to close the doors to that ministry. And I remember going home the last Sunday that I was serving and just looked at my husband and said, I cannot just sit here and do nothing. We have to do something. Every All the ministries, I'm not saying everyone was closing, but a lot of the ministries were closing their doors. And I just felt like 
They, they still need love. They still need food. They still need toiletries. They still need clothing. Um, and everybody's closed. And so um, we basically just started, since church was closed, we decided to, well, we could still go on Sundays. And so I can't go alone. So my husband and my kids kind of piled in the car. And literally, we just started driving around town. We started with 10, 10 bags of food. And within like 40 minutes, all 10 bags were gone. And then the next week, we added five more bags and went 15 bags and so on. And we did that for a couple of months. So we started that in March 2020. Um, and then after a little while, um, I just asked Shannon and then another friend of mine if they would want to join. And we were doing Sundays for a while, and then church, church started back up again. And we had to pick a different day because obviously church needs to be our number one priority. Um, and then we switched. We prayed about it, and we switched to Wednesdays. So... <clears throat> You launched a ministry in the midst of the pandemic when everybody else wasn't really doing ministry. Yes. Is that what happened? Uh, that's right. I can see why you have these folks on here, Troy. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so neat. Well, I just believe that we're supposed to, we are supposed to love like Christ loved. And, and Christ wouldn't stop, was my opinion. And so I just felt like we needed to keep going. And mm -hmm. it was just a beautiful thing because when people are wearing masks and not hugging, we were hugging. And we were loving on them, and we just didn't allow fear to, to stop us. That's really good. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how the ministry progressed kind of along the way. So you started with, you know, 10 bags and then 15 bags and kind of what happened kind of since from then until now. Okay. So Father David is um, the, the father of St. Peter the Fishman, and he was the one in charge of early bread. And so obviously for me to continue this financially, I would need to have support and help. And so Hike slowly kind of asked him, do you mind if I grab some snack bags? Do you mind if I grab some water? And he'd, every time I asked him, absolutely, grab what you need, grab what you need. And finally he said, Christine, you could have anything you want in this building, and you can use my building. You could utilize everything here. And so slowly it progressed to basically we run our ministry completely out of St. Peter the Fisherman. And, um, and they support us financially buy us all the, the meats and um, go, goes to the food bank for us. We can use um, the clothes closets. We can use the building to hold all the things that we need. And so that's kind of how it slowly progressed. We started off um, just making a bunch of different stops when my husband and I did it. And then uh, when Shannon and another friend, Sarah, joined us, we kind of found like the spots that were where most people were hanging around. And we ended up having about five, five spots um, where we were going consistently every single week. And um, slowly, we just kind of, certain spots got, I guess, uh, downtown. They had cut the tables, you know, when they were doing the renovations by the bathroom. So that spot got taken away. And then Greenfield, some of the um, homeless had gotten kicked out of that area. So that spot kind of gotten taken away. So we slowly went, we started with five spots and then we slowly went down to actually we're only meeting at one spot now. Mm -hmm. And all of our friends know exactly where we are located. So they kind of come to us. And that was such a God thing. Yes. I mean, it's, he yes. has shown up so many times in this ministry, but our, we would get so discouraged because we slowly would, like, like Christine said, there were certain stops that were taken away and that's where the majority of our friends were. So we would try hitting different places. Obviously everybody knows in front of the library is a huge spot where the homeless are. 
um, when Water Street closed down, everybody moved to the library, but there's just a very, there's just, you, you can tell that the enemy has a hold on certain areas of town, and that is definitely one of them, that as three women, that usually it's just the three of us women that are out there, um, we didn't always feel comfortable being in certain spots, and that was one of them we were hesitant about. So we just kept praying, you know, God, where can we, where can we go that we're going to feel comfortable that's still in an area where people are going to see us and they know we're there. And it was so funny because Sarah had to use the bathroom one, one day, and so we stopped at the gas station right by the bus station, and she ran in. And as we're there, all of these homeless people are just around there. And so we just opened up the back of our cars and we're like, hey, we have food, we have toiletries, what do you guys need? And so we were there for a little bit, kind of knowing that the gas station wasn't going to love us being there. But they didn't, I mean, they were actually very, very gracious for several months. But um, we got very large. Yes, very we did. quickly. We did. And we got, everyone knew that we were there. So we would easily serve 60, 70 lunches you know out of their parking lot so then we shifted across the street and long story short we just kept getting bumped and bumped and bumped and the police would come by and like hey you guys can't serve out of here you can't be here and we were like okay we need some place and I got on um I got on Google Satellite and I just looked for churches downtown and I was like there's a parking lot there's a parking lot and we found this sweet little Beth Sita <laughs> that Cedar Church, um, they had a parking lot right there. And so Christine called one day and she was, she was, no one answered. So she's leaving this long rambling message on their voicemail <laughs> and just, you know, explaining our situation. And the pastor's daughter picked up and she's, you know, she, they just started talking and yes. I'll let you kind of finish that. Yeah. And we just hit it off and Vera, we just hit it off and I had to go and share my story again um, with her. And um, she just loved it. Her father, which was a pastor, um, ran the Mercy House. And oh, yeah. He had just recently passed away. So I think it really just touched her heart. And um, so she said, absolutely, you can use our parking lot. And it's been absolutely amazing yeah. to have that spot. And now, and the thing for us is we don't have to look over our shoulders. We don't have to worry about we're trespassing or we're in a spot that we shouldn't be in. We've got permission to stay here. And um, it's just been such a blessing. That's for great. Our ministry. You, yeah, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, Shannon, just how God's been working in a lot of different mm -hmm. ways. And so we want to hear more stories about that. We're going to have to take a quick break for a minute and then we'll be back uh, to talk more on A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together.
Welcome back to A Voice of Hope, and today again we are here with uh, Shannon and Christine with a uh, Living Hope Ministry, and uh, I was just listening to them earlier and just occurred to me um, that this ministry started uh, during 2020, and I realized that hope is in our, the, the name of our, the ministry that we're doing here, and I had not even thought about that, but then that word, I've heard a lot about that word in 2020 and 2021 um and just what timing that word has for so many people in in life right now so i was wondering like when you guys are in your ministry do you have you seen the effects of what they're going through on the streets with the pandemic has it been anything different than just the normal walks of life that our listeners and and us may know i think for one thing that I have noticed is that I think Christine touched on it a while ago, you know, during the pandemic um, with people wearing masks. And I know we're going to see this with even children, just not being able to read facial Mm -hmm. expressions, not being able to, because so much is you see in someone's face. Um, I think that that probably has affected them a lot more than we even know. I mean, when you pass someone on the street Mm -hmm. and you smile at them, okay, whether they're homeless or not, it is so much easier to smile at someone that's not homeless, like you can tell. But if you pass someone on the street and they're homeless, most people have a tendency to avert their gaze, like, because you don't know what to do. Like, are they going to approach me? Are they going to want money? You know, and, and I think with the pandemic and masks, I think that became so much easier for people not to see other okay. people, not to see the homeless, yeah. because you have a mask on. So, you know, People don't know if you're smiling or if you're not. Right. And um, so I, I feel like that has probably been a huge effect on them um, as far as physically and just, you know, the sickness mm. in general. We have noticed, and it's broken my heart because we went, when, when the Delta variant came about, there was, um, you know, there was just a lot of people we would see. And then we don't know last names most of the time. And then we'd go a week and not see them, two weeks and not see them, three weeks and not see them. And there was, there was a, there was a good stretch. There was like a month stretch. And at the end of that month, even some of our friends on the street were come and they're like, I'm losing my friends. I don't know where they are. I haven't seen them until still to this day. There's like three or four of our friends that we, I, my assumption is they must have passed. They weren't, two of them were homeless and two were not. So I know the ones that were not, you know, it's not like they moved somewhere else. You know, we knew enough about them to know that they were, they were stable and where they were. And my hunch is that they probably passed, but we don't know because we don't know last names. And that is definitely a struggle I, I have, you know, wow. with this part of the ministry and what we're going through is not being able to check in on some of them. And yeah. wow. The mask is so interesting. Sometimes I'll notice um, when people um, like are in the counseling or setting this whole, you know, the mask and covering their face, I've, I've picked up that sometimes it's, it almost is a literal hiding place mm-hmm. for people where they, they don't have to be seen. And just how that we do read body language, mm-hmm. we do read faces, we um, are able to hear clear. And so while I understand that the mask is, you know, was implemented for, supposedly good reasons at the same time it's like it's just a part of our life that you know but it also makes me wonder like you know what mask do we wear and what mask you know do you guys see not the literal mask but do you see the homeless population the people that you serve what are some of the masks that you see that that have to be taken down 
I don't know that necessarily it's a mask, but there definitely needs to be a level of trust that we need to break through. Like we need to establish that relationship. There was a gentleman that we saw on Water Street um, for several, I mean, it was probably a good solid month and a half. And every time he'd come up and he would get some food, never would, you know, we'd, you know, we'd say, Hey, my name is Shannon. What's your name? And he would smile, be polite, grab his food and leave and never really knew his name. And it was about after about a month and a half. Um, he finally came up and I'll never forget it. And he, he is one of my, he's one of my favorite people now. Like That's I just good. love this gentleman. He came up and he put a little sticky note on my clipboard because in addition to handing out food and toiletries, we would take requests. Like if we saw someone with, you know, clearly they need new shoes, we would, you know, find out their size shoe, get their name and we would, you know, we would do our best mm -hmm. to be able to fulfill what they need. And he put this little sticky note on my clipboard and it had his name and it had like four or five different items on there. I mean, the simplest thing, socks, deodorant, you know, things that you know, mm -hmm. not a big deal. And then he said, thank you so much for everything you do. And it took him like a month and a half of just knowing that we were going to show up every week. We were going to try to do what we said we were going to do. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I would think that that's probably one of the biggest barriers or the biggest mass that we have to do is just establish that trust with, with our friends. Well, and I think, yeah. if you don't mind me touching on that, sure. is the biggest thing is we are there faithfully every Wednesday. Consistency. Every single Wednesday. Yeah. Um, we don't, uh, no matter what, I mean, it's the three of us running it, but one way or the other, even if she, her family's sick or someone else, we make it work and we're there every Wednesday and they can depend on us. Mm. And so that's a really big deal. So I have that's a question good. for you, Christine. So as Troy was kind of talking about this you know, idea, the word hope, and, and, and when you kind of created the ministry and wanted to call it Living Hope Ministries, where did that come from? So that actually came from my husband. We, we spent a lot of time just praying over names, all of us did. And then I think one day he just had this name and he's like, I think this is it, right? <laughs> and then I, I, I text them and called them and we were all like, oh, we love it. We absolutely love it. So it was just took a lot of prayer and just kind of just spending time, just not just picking any name, but spending a lot of time yeah. trying to. And we want to we want to share the living hope. We yeah. want to share the love of Christ, but we also want to be um, their friends and someone like Shannon said that they can trust. And that's a big deal for us that they can trust us. Yeah. <clears throat> That's so cool. It's good to see how ministries develop. Um, so many different people are involved in even the formation of, of your ministry and um, how affirming that is, that it doesn't sit or solely rest upon one person to make it happen. You know, but God's moving at the same time in different ways with people to bring together the church. Yeah, and we definitely do have many moving parts. I mean, Father David plays a huge role. Then we have people that come on Tuesdays to make all the sandwiches, and we have people that come on Sundays to pack all the snack bags. And then the three of us go on the streets, but our children have been on the streets with us. Um, my husband stays and works from home every single Wednesday so he can take care of our little ones while I'm on the street. So it is a lot of moving parts mm -hmm. that... And you've mentioned a lot of the things that you do, but look, but kind of detail everything that you do. So you do sandwich bags, we do you do toiletries for people. Well, what's everything that kind of happens in the ministry? So we do just like kind of how it runs. Yeah. Okay. So we, we usually get to St. Peter the Fishman, which was early bread, um, around 930 on Wednesdays. And we gather, gather the items that we need. And that's the sandwiches. That's the snack bags. Um, we make coffee. Um, we make lemonade. And then we actually have a sweet couple that is our coffee coffee people for us, um, uh, Gary and Gail, and they're amazing. And then we also gather any requests, like 
Shannon is incredibly organized, and so she walks around with her little clipboard, and anytime anybody <laughs> needs anything, size nine shoes or, um, you know, an extra large coat or uh, anything that they might need. We don't, we don't guarantee these items, but we say we do the best we can. Yeah, sure. And so we'll pray about it or ask for donations and things like that. And so we gather all those up, and then we hit the streets, and we serve between 11 and 1, and, um, and we're there at our spot between 11 and 1, and we hand out our sandwiches and our snack bags. That's great. And the food is always just the way to open the door oh, yeah. to relationships. Sure. Right. I mean, without that, we would, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, I love what, Shane, you were talking about a few minutes ago about the guy who, who kind of shared with you mm-hmm. information. He didn't speak it. He, he just put it on a he sticky note, right? Yeah, he wrote he it. Did. It took him a month to write it down. He did. <laughs> and so that speaks a lot to the consistency and to the yeah. trust that you guys were able to build. Okay, we've only got about a minute or so left. Tell everybody how they can go get more information about the ministry. And we're going to talk kind of next week about kind of more and the stories of sort of what God's done in it. But how can people kind of go get information, get plugged in if they want to? If you would love to learn more about our ministry, you can find us at Living Hope ILM at Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. So folks can uh, make sure you go follow them on Facebook uh, and Instagram, because I'm guessing you guys post different things on Instagram kind of frequently about letting people know what's going on and what's coming up. Yes, currently we have a winter drive going on, so we are collecting items for that. Excellent. And I'm I'm guessing you'll take any and everybody who wants to be a part of the ministry, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We love volunteers. Very good. Well, thanks for listening today. Troy, any kind of last minute thoughts? I just thank you guys once again, and what what a great ministry and opportunity. So it's good that people can kind of go where they need to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, and like I said, we'll be having another conversation next week, and you can get more information uh, about kind of what's going on in the ministry and hear some great stories. And as always, you can go to um, mi1.net to hear more about uh, A Voice of Hope and kind of what's going on here. So thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope.